This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Friday. It is the 21st of April, 2023. And coming up today, more of your feedback and... It's time to ask Envision a question. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hello, Sean Priest. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, sir. How are you? Oh, you know me. Always good. Listen, uh, be prepared to take over the role of presentation host. Is, oh. that the, is that the thing? I don't know. Uh, Apparently. I am a trained professional, ladies and gentlemen. Do not attempt to try this at home. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I, I am going to have to uh, remove myself from proceedings for a second because uh, I've, I've got some food coming. So, Oh, well, there's nothing like being professional, is there? Okay, so the food takes precedence over... Oh, I'm very sorry, uh, but I'm very the... hungry and I haven't eaten anything yet. And, well, you know, it's, not, uh, it's just it's ridiculous. Not the and well, there's nothing in. There's nothing in. There's no bread. Have you, not done, have you not done the Friday Big Shop Not yet? done the Big Shop, no. And and the, the delivery people haven't arrived yet. You know that thing nowadays when you do these online deliveries and it says, oh, we've got some substitutes for you. You know, we've substituted a can of tuna for, you know, a nuclear reactor. You know, yes. it's that kind of thing. And you think, yeah, that's, you know, hand anything back you don't want. <laughs> yeah, take back the nuclear reactor, please, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> I take everything. I don't know. To my delivery. to my door, I'm having... Well, there, or there may be a, a slight issue here, <laughs> Mr. Scott, Sorry. because you... Are you having a conversation in my own head? Carry on. <laughs> you got... Sorry. You got food coming, mm-hmm. and I've got a hairdresser coming. I would have time for this today. Well, what if, what if they both arrive at the same time? This could be interesting. Okay, who's going to take over? Don't get any cuttings in my food. Okay, I'll I'll try not to. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is? Back in the day, I used to go to a good old-fashioned barber shop, right? And there was none of this appointment nonsense. Now, nowadays, I've got to go to a hair salon and make an appointment like four weeks in advance because I can't go to those barbers anymore. Because the the queuing system is a case of there's an empty chair there, just come in and sit down and I'll get to you. But now I can't tell who was before me. And there's that awkward, is, is it my turn yet? Is it my turn yet? And um, those days are gone. So, you know, I'm just God, saying. I remember those days. Yeah, I remember doing It's a doing tough life. And it used to cost me like $2 for a haircut. <laughs> yes, now I've right. got to go to a hair salon, have a coffee beforehand in the waiting room <laughs> and pay $20 for do they, a, a Do they wash shave. your hair? Because that was a thing that I no, I went no. to a place once and they washed my head. <laughs> no idea what was going on. Awful. I sat down in this chair and she says, lean back. And I thought, okay. So I leant back and suddenly she's washing my hair. And I'm thinking, this is a bit weird. <laughs> this, is, this has never happened before. I, I, I've never washed my hair. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, but she was, it was so lovely. And then I had a cup of tea and a biscuit. I had two biscuits, actually. And um, yeah, I had tea and biscuits. And then I got my hair cut. And you know, I, I almost felt like saying... What else do you do in here? My nails are a bit, you know, needing a bit, you know, of looking after. You do <laughs> them while here, or you know, a, a pedicure, perhaps. Yeah, oh, the yeah. eyebrows, the whole thing. Yeah, get the cucumber out, and you know, cut okay. some slices, and you know, oh, on the eyes. That's very good. I, yeah, you know, yeah, I, you see, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down with the. Um, uh, We're very metro. I, I am. I, listen, I am very metrosexual. I have used a subway system. Well done. Wow. Okay. Well, let's let's try and get this thing recorded without us um, without having to abandon our posts. <laughs> this show without incident. Do you think Wednesday's show? Right. We talked about AI, and you know we had some lovely emails in from people following that interview, and uh, following well, not the interview, following the conversation that you and I had. Uh, I feel we're on the downwards trajectory today. I don't feel we're going to be at that level today. That I think we were, we were flying high. <laughs> now I'm back in my dream again, you know, <laughs> the, the plane. I think I've just figured out this, this this dream that I'm having about the plane hovering just over over oh, yeah. the trees. I think I've figured it out. That is my level. It's a symbolization of our um, medicore, mediocre um, performance. Yeah, well done. Well done. Thank there you. you go. We've solved it. Oh, Thank I don't you. like that there, Freud. Anyway, <sighs> anyway there yes, is some have... really interesting news today. Yes, and we've got some great feedback as well, so we're going to get to that as well. But yeah, there is uh, actually the one big story this week in our world, in our world, I can't do that voice, Rob could do that, uh, but he, you know, <laughs> it is such a great story <laughs> about um, Envision. 
in Vision Glasses. And, you know, we we did break the story a while back, actually, um, during CSUN, right? It was during CSUN when it was being shown off, I guess. Yes. The uh, the new feature called Ask Envision. I don't think it was called that at the time, but essentially what they were talking about at that point was integrating ChatGPT3 into Envision Glasses. And that was at that time. But since then, uh, they have been obviously advancing this feature as they've been going along. And just this week, it was released to Envision Glasses owners that you can now install this Ask Envision feature through the update on the app. And if you've got the glasses, you'll probably have a pop-up on your phone that says, hey, you want to update your glasses now? In fact, mine's actually said, update now to use Ask Envision, which was great. Um, so, you know, I've, I've hit the download button. I've hit the update. I'm, do, I've done, I'm doing the charging. I'm doing all that stuff. So I will definitely be testing this. But I want to give it a proper road test before I just, you know, do the usual, just put them on and go, ah, it's great, you know. And also, you know, you, you, you do this thing, right, where you, as soon as I got GPT first, I remember thinking, what will I ask it? I'm not a smart person. I can't even come up with smart questions. What's two plus two? Ah, yep. it got it right. Is it um, raining outside? Yeah, yeah exactly. Do <laughs> I need an umbrella? Yeah, all this stuff, right? So obviously it can do way more than that. So I want to have a think about what kind of questions we could ask it. Um, but ultimately it's all using the same engine that is running everything basically now on Microsoft Bing uh, because it's using the OpenAI GPT function. But what's most interesting is the latest update is actually using Chat GPT 4. So it's able to now take the images in via the camera on the device, scan them, and, uh, you know, we can actually get information from them. I, I want to actually play a little clip here from one of the, the team members at Envision who uh, put the, they just put this video up just a couple of days ago. And uh, I want to just play a little clip of this, showing some examples of what you can now do using Ask Envision uh, using GPT-4 on the Envision glasses. Let's listen to this. To start with, I have a menu with me here of a, of a restaurant that I went to uh, like recently, I'm going to first scan this uh, 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 menu using the scan text feature, and then I'm going to ask it a question on the basis of the menu. So I'm going to go oh. home, and then I'm, I'm going to uh, scan uh, the document. Instant text. Scan text. I'm going to hold the document up. Move document up or your head down. Move document up or your head down. It has taken a picture and it should now start speaking out the contents of the document to me. Reader, lunch, social sharing, H-O-U-S-E-M-A-D. So now it is speaking out the contents of the document to me. I've just did, done a single tap to like, pause it. But if I want, I can now scroll through this text line by line by doing a swipe to forward or I can simply ask Envision. So I'm going to do, uh, 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 so I'm going to press and hold the hinge button for two seconds and, the, and then I'm just going to speak out the question that I want to ask. So I can ask it something like, what are the appetizers? Envision is answering your question. Reader. H-O-U-S-E-M-A-D-E chips and warm manchego cheese dip, yellowfin tuna tartar, hummus, sriracha shrimp, poutine, gnarly nachos are the appetizers. So it basically was able to scan. To continue asking a question about this document, press and hold the hinge button. Do a one finger swipe down to go back to the reader. So it basically was able to understand the question, understand the document, which is the menu, look for the answer and speak it out to me. So that's just one example. And we'll actually put that video and the link to that video in our show notes so that you can go in and watch this in full because it's, a, it's a, about a nine minute presentation on the various things you can do. And of course, the guy there, he demonstrates all the different kind of questions you could ask. You can ask it direct questions. You can ask it questions based on images it's scanned. So, you know, here we go again with a fantastic move forward into the world of AI for blind people, right? Where, you know, this can benefit us. You know, we talked a lot about the negatives the other day. This is definitely a positive, right? Uh, it's amazing. Orcam must be very, very worried. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's, it's a great form factor for this as well. Um, actually built into glasses. I think this is, this is really good. I see a, uh, a versus combat coming up 
between Be My Eyes and Envision, Ask Envision. I mean, fantastic features though, right? It's just so, it's not until you actually use it. You can listen to as many of these presentations as you like, but when you actually use it and, and you, you ask those questions where you think it's never going to know this and it comes back with useful information that you realise, okay, this is a game changer. It's amazing. It's the contextualization, I think, that's the key, right? And and it's interesting because you and I were on a presentation earlier this week for RNIB in the UK, and we were talking to, as we do regularly, actually, a number of the technology volunteers who go out and, and talk to and you know assist and support people who are blind and partially sighted in the community. And um, it's always a great thing to do because I think it gives us a sense of what people are talking about really out there, you know, not just yes. what the headlines are. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I think it's important to know what people, what challenges there are. And there's so many interesting topics that come out of that. And we will actually be featuring a number of those volunteers in an upcoming episode of the, of the show here um, in the next couple of months to celebrate Volunteers Week, which is a big thing in the UK. Uh, and I think it's something we should talk about more broadly. So, you know, we're, we're going to get into all that. But one thing that came out of all of this was that, you know, one of the challenges that a lot of people have is kind of getting to grips with information in a really sensible and understandable way. And, you know, I was talking on that presentation about how with my AirPods Pro, and I think this is the case with AirPods generally, I don't think it's exclusive to the Pro, you can uh, get notifications from your device. And I was talking about uh, one particular notification that came through that made me think about this, which was a notification from my uh, mobile provider my cell provider called O2 here in the UK. And um, the text that came through uh, was basically saying, you know, your bill is now ready to view, uh, view it here. And there was a link. And of course, voiceover oh. will read out the whole thing, right? It'll For read about out five minutes. Whole, yeah, exactly. <laughs> B4, 4, 6, 4, 5, 6, 6, slash, and you're like, right, okay. And, you know, when I get the notification on my AirPods, what it will say is, hey, you got a message from O2. It says your bill is ready to view now. And that's it. That's all it says. And I yes. think what's really interesting there is how, you know, that kind of technology, although that's not really what this is, although it kind of is in a way, I suppose, but it's, you know, a very early version of what has become GPT, I guess, in that it's able to take information and give you the information you need rather than everything. And I actually think long term, this will have a significant impact on how we use the web as blind people. Because I think at the moment we're kind of looking at it as, you know, we, we talk about the web as a very inaccessible, inhospitable place sometimes. And it is, for sure. There is a lot there are a lot of websites that are just not as accessible as they should be, or you know, they have a, a fairly accessible website, but you know, you get to the checkout and you can't get to the basket. Yes. Uh, and, you, you know, you go through every single part of it and you just can't finalise the process. Yeah. Pay now button inaccessible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or it ta- because usually it maybe takes you to another website that's not accessible and that's the yes. problem, right? So, you know, I wonder if perhaps down the line we'll maybe move away from the idea of screen readers and it'll be more about questioning technology and saying, I would like to buy this product and, you know, do you want to buy it now? Yes. And it will essentially go through the process in a chatbot style rather than having you navigate by tabs and, and with a keyboard. And actually, if you, if you go f- really to the end of this, if you take that logic all the way through, it does make it possible, I guess, for a world to exist where a keyboard is no longer required. If you actually think about it, because oh, no, what would you, how would you interact? You wouldn't need to interact any other way. But well, this is the evolution of the ultimate operating system interface. Yes. I mean, yeah. we started off with DOS and, and Unix before that. Oh, that's a great thought. Yeah. Could this could GPT be its own OS? Yes. That's a well, great absolutely. Question. I mean, it's it, the whole thing is how do you get a computer or any technology to do what you want it to do? And before we had to learn a computer language, be it assembly or a higher level language, and, and learn that to get it to do things. And then, of course, we got moved on to the point-and-click interface mm. with the mouse and the keyboard and the icons and windows and everyone is this is so easy but still it's not you know there's still complications with that if you can just ask your computer what to do in natural language which is what ai enables and get the response in natural language it's perfect and even if you you know uh, if you uh, have problems speaking with your speech you can still use you can type to it and still get the same responses. The point is, you don't have to learn a certain syntax of how to phrase your questions or your commands, how you want it to do. You can just ask it in normal 
language, however you input that. And the response is given to you either goes off and does the task or the response is given to you in a language you can understand. And honestly, that is, it, it's game changing. We are within, you know, uh, uh, arm's reach of that sci-fi thing of where you're just carrying a computer around in your ear and it's a real virtual assistant. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 in, it's incredible. It's in view. You mentioned Orcam. And I want to stick up a little bit for Orcam here because Orcam has been a bit quiet on the Orcam front, if I'm honest. I feel that there's a lot of work being done at the moment, I think, in investing time and effort into the product itself and continuing to invest in the MyI2 and, and the Read and, and all of the other, the, the Read Smart, I think, as it's called now, uh, you know, the, the pen type device. I think a lot of work's going on there to, to continue that development. It is very popular, yeah. yeah. And it's very popular in education. It's very popular in workplaces as well. Oftentimes that's because those are the kind of places that can afford to get it in through, you know, employment grants or through yes. education. So, you know, these are very expensive pieces of kit. And I think that's maybe where the biggest challenge comes. You know, you you, you with Orcam, you will not really have the kind of mainstream product that everyone can go out and buy, unlike being able to just buy a smartphone. And, you know, use it for everything, including all this. So, you know, but again, there's a learning curve with that. And some people don't want that. And that's, I guess, the, the side of the argument I'm kind of sticking with here. Because it's not just about ease of use. People might say, well, the OrCam's easier to use. You know, you question it, you query it, you tap a few buttons, you swipe. That's it. Uh, but there's really no more interaction with it. But there's another side to OrCam that people, I think, forget. And I think it's important to bring into this discussion is the privacy side of it. Because one thing that the the company has always told me over the years is that everything, all the images that are taken on that device are immediately wiped, and they also stay on the device. Everything's done on device. That's Nothing a really good goes point. to the cloud. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even consider that, but you're absolutely right. All on device, privacy, and, and security. Whether you're an Orcam fan or not, I think it's just important to give them that respect in that regard, because ultimately this is a product which is focused on privacy. They don't really... I don't think they go out of their way to sell that particular aspect. I think they should. I mean, they mention it, but they—I would put that everywhere. I'd be—I <laughs> would be jumping well, up and be down. Fair, that. We still don't know. After talking to Be My Eyes, uh, we, we we still, Mike and Hans, we still don't know what's happening with these images that we're sending mm. through Be My Eyes, the, the beta to um, OpenAI. I, I don't. Can, I can don't guess. Know. I well, can guess because look, if, if we if you think about it. All these images are contributing to the database of information that AI uses. I mean, that's yeah. essentially what OpenAI is doing, right? I mean, it's ultimately feeding with that. It needs as much data as possible. You know, they've kind of connected it now to YouTube and to podcast clients and all kinds of things to try and soak up as many words and as many dialects and as many conversations and as much that's information right. as it's possible. A sponge. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That is what AI needs. Let me just it say needs that to exist. Cause, sorry, because I did just single out be my eyes, but it's the same with Ask Envision. I mean, you know, it, the backbone is ChatGPT. Um, that's where we don't know what's happening with these images at the minute. We don't know if they are being destroyed, anonymized, you know, what. So, yeah, um, yeah that's a really good point to raise with, with the OrCam. And, and no one is suggesting, and I'm certainly not suggesting that there's anything nefarious going on here. I don't think there is. I no, think, if no. anything, it's just about learning as much information as it can, because that is what the supercomputer needs. Um, it needs to eat. I know the feeling. Where are these? Where's my food? Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like AI sitting here. Um, but just just you know, the difference with me is it's tuna. Um, but I, I think what's interesting with all this is you know, for people who are listening to us and and who you know hear us talk about these what feels like futuristic technologies, but in fact, I mean. This is here now. This isn't something that's coming. This is here. And, you know, ask Envision through the Envision glasses, which, of course, you'd have to buy. So if you don't have them, you'd have to buy the Envision glasses first. But that is a, a huge addition to these glasses. And I think Envision have been very smart in this, as I do with Be My Eyes. I think they've been very smart yes. in, in getting this technology on board because you really, you know, you've got to be at the forefront of this. And I, I'll be honest, I'm mm. almost surprised that these companies have got on this so quickly. Do you know what I mean? It's not We're not the kind of industry that moves that fast. No, but this is purely down to open AI, well, the, the ethos of mm. open AI. This is open. They, they made all this, you know, the API is out there. This is the reason why so many things can plug into it so easily. 
because they've made it that easy. It's a fantastic... On that note of um, Ask Envision, is that only available on the glasses? What about the app on your smartphone? There's no reason why it shouldn't be available on there, surely. They're demoing it on the glasses, but I, I, so I don't know if it's available through the app. That's interesting. Now, that is interesting because if it was, then, of course, it's available to everybody. Exactly. That's we will check question. that out as soon I'm, as we finish here. And well, on the break, I'm going to check that, actually. I'm going to go further. I'm going to check it during oh, the break because I'm, I'm more committed right now. to my audience than, than you are. <laughs> Hang on. Are the, are the, are the, is the food here yet? Yeah. Uh, no. My hairdresser uh, here? <laughs> <laughs> we are totally 100% committed, or indeed should be. I'm going to open um, it up now and have a look. Okay, fine. Um, but I, I do think this is really interesting, and you know, I will be doing a demo of this because I'm really intrigued to to use it. Um, but I just wanted to say for people who are listening to this who are thinking, well, what do I do here? Because there's often that question of where do I go? What what should I if I was looking to buy something today? You know, or I was looking to get this technology. What would I be best to do? I think if you have the funds. And it's something that you find useful. I would certainly look at Envision. And I think, you know, with, especially in the UK, we've got Site Village and there's uh, Site City in Germany. And there's, um, I think CNIB have similar events. They have Smart Life stores you can go to in Canada. The USA, of course, have the upcoming, uh, you know, Federation events where people are getting together. And a lot of this technology will be on show in different parts. And I'm sure Australia has the same. New Zealand has the same. So, you know, I think there's lots of places you could go and see this kind of tech. But for those of you who perhaps don't have the funds, then I would hang on because it's not going to be long before Be My Eyes has Virtual Volunteer up and running fully. And with this announcement from Envision, I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit sooner. I'm just guessing it may mm. be that they're working to get this out a little <laughs> bit quicker. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's an interesting time. And the great thing is that we have choice. That is the best bit about this. We have choice and we can be at the forefront. And on one hand, it will cost some money because you're getting the glasses, but, you know, you can't have everything for free. Um, this is hardware oh, that costs time and effort and, you know, money to <laughs> to be created. So, you know, we can't expect that. But Be My Eyes is free, and it's available on your smartphone. And it's even available on the Blind Show Classic, right? So, yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, time. But that's the options available to you. So you can either hang on a little bit or you can jump in. But I think certainly for those of you who are going to the events, and we will be going to site uh, Village in uh, Birmingham in July, and um, it will give us a chance to really get to know, I think, a lot of this this tech. It's actually one of the more interesting years to go to one of those events because up until now, if I'm honest, all these events have felt a little bit samey. Yeah, that's true. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, they have. I mean, the, the, the industry hasn't really moved on. I, <laughs> I was telling someone this the other day. I think it's actually a great analogy. You know how I, I love my analogies. Oh, let's sit back, everyone. Gather around the fireside. Gather around the analogy fire Stephen's got pit. analogy. Um, I think <laughs> blindness tech is like country music. Okay. You're, you're totally, you've no idea where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> no, not so. Because country albums... I am a bit of a country music fan of, of, you know, of the newer stuff, right? And when a country music album comes out, the whole album tends to get released over the course of like two years. So you only get one album every couple of years. Whereas a modern pop hits album, it's constantly, you know, like, right, that's done. Move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. It has a longer mm. shelf life overall. And I think that's the case with blindness tech is that overall it has a longer shelf life. So therefore it doesn't advance or evolve as much. And... That can be a little bit infuriating to people who, like us who do daily tech shows about blind tech. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's a bit like the iPhone. Everyone wants, well, well you know, I'm bored of this now. It's exactly the same as the last one. When's the, the new? But, okay, what? where's the new technology to put in it? Mm. And I think that's the same thing. Or what problem were we trying to well, solve? We kind of, we, we kind of felt the same way about that tech as well, didn't we? Because we, we often said when the new iPhone was coming out, Okay, even I was getting to the, as much as I love my Apple stuff, I'm like, it's all just the same, you know? Yeah, M M1, yeah. well, the, well, the MCD's processors, I suppose, changed it up a little bit for me uh, because that was a dart forward as well. It was. Yeah, but that true. was a, that was a kind of in a microcosm because you really had to be in that world to get it. This this <laughs> whole thing affects everybody, so it's really interesting. Uh, did you check out the Envision app while I was yapping away there? Of course I did. Thank you. Yes, I at the current time right now, I couldn't find any updates for it in the App Store, mm. and there doesn't seem to be any sign of it in the app itself. So, no, I don't think it's in the app, but at least as of now, as of recording. So, okay. we'll wait and see. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we'll take a short break. We'll come back, and uh, when we come back, we'll get into your feedback. Lots of great feedback from you this week. 
and uh, some talk about what we're going to be doing next week on the show. It's very exciting. Stuff going on. Planning. It's very unusual. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure none of it will really come to pass, but we'll, we'll pretend. Let's just say it will. That's the we're best thing. And also, by the way, my food's arrived. Hey! Hey! Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yeah, welcome back. And let's get into your feedback today. Uh, we'll start with, who will we start with? Uh, Elliot has been back in touch with us. Hi all. Apologies for another follow-up email, but having just received the new Fire TV, I can confirm it is pretty much fully accessible from setup. It did originally start speaking in German, which was a little worrying, but I managed to select English UK and was all good from there. The remote is similar to the traditional Fire Stick remotes, although there are some extra buttons. As an aside, after hearing Eleanor's message the other day, I tried my Google Nest and I am still able to play BBC Radio on there, so think there may be some inconsistencies. Mm. I know Google Assistant, although on Sonos or Bose products, is not always fully functional. In particular on the Sonos, I've found it pretty poor. But I know Sonos and Google have their ongoing issues currently, and you can't even get Lady G on the new era 100-300. Oh, wow. Elliot from Rainy Pool. Oh, Rainy Pool. Well, hopefully that's improved, because the weather's been nice the past couple of days, so hopefully it's improved in pool. It's summertime, and the weather is is hot. Um, um... See, now I want to say, well, of course the Amazon Fire TV set is accessible, but you just can't take that for granted anymore. You know, the Fire TV stick, yep, yeah, it's kind of when Elliot first asked this question. Well, I said the Fire TV stick is accessible, obviously, through uh, voice view, and you can do the entire setup process. So it should go on that the actual TV set itself, powered by the same system, should be accessible. But you just don't know. We've been, We've had our fingers burnt so many times where okay it should be accessible oh no for some reason it's not so i'm glad to hear that it is yeah i think just just let's be clear on this well, well the system itself is accessible right the actual system yeah. the menus uh and i think the problem is because the way these systems now work where it kind of brings in lots of content from other places so for example you'll have the netflix line of content you'll have the i don't know disney plus or whatever it might be you know, you kind of get a, a false feeling of hope because you'll you'll be able to scan that list of content and you'll be able to select a program. You'll know where yeah. it is and you'll select it. But yeah. then you get into the app. It will open up the actual third-party application and that isn't accessible. And it, so it gives you a sense of false hope in a way. Um, and that's not ideal. Interestingly, though, with the Apple TV, as much as I love the Apple TV, a lot of the apps are starting to get a little bit shaky on the accessibility front. <gasps> uh, and again, How that's not you. Apple, but that's the third parties again. It's the same problem between you know Amazon, between, I guess, Google Chromecast, and also mm-hmm. with uh, with Apple TV. It's the same problem. There was a an app that arrived here in the UK for a channel called ITV, which is one of the main broadcasters here. Yes. And ITVX has, has you know, lauded the fact that they've got all this new content on there. And what is brilliant about it for the first time is that the, on the Apple TV and indeed on a number of their platforms now, you can get the audio described content. I mean, it's 2023, folks. We've just got color. Um, but there you are. We're so and happy. We're Thank really you. chuffed about that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I go through the app and I hear the heading of the list that I'm now on, but I don't hear any of the content in that list. It just tells me one of five or one of two of five or three of five. I know. Doesn't read anything else. How annoying is that? The best cult classics as the heading oh this is going to be great because it's got all the retro stuff from our childhood Mm. (laughs) especially in the uk obviously yeah and we're going through and it's one of 75 two and you got to go in each one and i've spent a good half hour trying to go through and it soon gets boring coming back out moving along have i moved a long one got to go in and then it'll read out what it actually is no that's not what i want and the annoying thing is on every other platform on my iphone for example completely accessible it's yeah, just, just on the Apple TV, and it's, oh, wow, come on now. Yeah, I know. This is the constant battle, isn't it? The constant battle. It almost feels, almost a, t- a tiny bit <laughs> feeling, just a tiny feeling that, yeah. you know, people don't really rate blind people watching television. It's, I know. You know, it's like it's, it's amazing. They just think we don't watch TV. 
<laughs> we do when we want to watch more. It's just that yeah. we can't if you don't provide those extra services. Well, or just you know, you know, think you know about it gets me right. It's just that the left hand and the right hand. It's not that they don't know what is going on. They're just so separate and so far apart. Like in one hand, they're investing all this money in audio description. Which they know is for us. I mean, I'm assuming they know that, right? They know what audio description yeah, they, they made is a big for. thing about it, right? Yeah. I mean, as you said, live I'm TV. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not just talking about ITV here. I'm talking about no, no, all no. these channels. But, you know, it's, it's like you've spent all this money on audio description. And, okay, yes, we can get into the discussion about what's good AD and bad AD and all that. But, look, we've got AD, right? We've got it in there. Now I can't access it. And have, can't you figure out that actually we kind of need to be able to access the content as well? It's like we can't just – I'm not just going to turn on my or, – or open up an app and just go, oh, well, it says 1 of 75, potluck. It might be good. Who knows? That'll do. Just yeah. hit play. Oh, goody, a <laughs> program about fishing. I can't wait. But since I don't know anything else – it's just, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have that in any other situation. You wouldn't go into a record shop and just have a bunch of you know blanks uh, CDs and just go just pick one, just anyone, just pick no, one. Exactly Good luck. right. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't happen. You know. Yeah. And that's essentially what we are getting. Um, anyway, uh, Elliot, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, Frank has some comments on this topic as well. Again, I should say, Laura, lovely Laura, reads our emails. Forget. I know it's terrible, isn't it? Hi. Sorry, Laura. To add to the comments about TV access and the usefulness and not so usefulness of access. My voice view works reasonably well, if not a bit slow. But as far as access to the TV stations go, it's a lottery. BBC iPlayer, not accessible, I believe, that a service provided from a well-established organisation like the BBC is a sign of the state of broadcasting today. I still think that some people who produce programmes and services are in the dark ages of radio and still believe that blind and visually impaired people do not watch TV. Mm. Wake up, you cave dwellers. As for ITVX, that is a new service from ITV. Oh, at first, it was very good and everything was accessible. VoiceView read out all the menus and access to audio description was available on a lot of programmes. Mm-hmm. But now someone has got their grubby little hands on it and ruined it. All we get now is the main menus and then information on who is in the show or TV series. Then how many episodes there are, but no name of the programme. As far as films go, all that is read out now is the length of the film and nothing else. All four, no access at all. Disney, Amazon Movies and Netflix are all accessible up to a point, but sometimes finding out if an audio description is available is not possible. All we get is the dreaded button. Button, button. (sighs) The best is Netflix, even though it is slow sometimes, and in my case very quiet. Even turning up the volume doesn't help. I wish the people who built the apps or the programmes would use their ears more than their eyes. If an app looks good, great. But then they should listen without looking at the screen and they would hear that the app they are producing is only half finished. I would even go so far as to say that if a service provider of TV does not make the service fully accessible, they should lose the right to broadcast. That includes any national broadcasting service in any country. That's my rant for the day. <gasps> Regards, Frank. Yeah, do you Strong know what? Words. No, no, Frank's right, actually. I, 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 I'm getting a bit sick of this. You know, I am as much entitled to watch this show or any show as much as anyone else. I'm getting a bit tired of the lack of access. Yeah, do you know oh. what, Frank? I'm with you on this. See what I'll you've join done your Frank. campaign. See I'm joining done. this. You know what? If you can't broadcast to all of us, don't broadcast to any of us. Just get out of it. Oof. Lose your license. Lose your channel. Oof. You know what? This is the only way these companies learn is through their pockets. It's the same as any company on earth. The only way they learn is through their pockets. So if they lose their license, maybe they'll think twice. It would take one. Do you remember that story we told you years ago about Norway? There was a situation in Norway where the government had rules on inaccessible websites. That was a good recall there, Stephen. Well done. That was a while ago. It was a while ago. And, you know, I remember meeting these these guys. It was at the, uh, I think it was at a TechShare event in London a few years back, 2019, I think it was. And I remember meeting them and I was told this story and I was just like, you've got to come on here and we'll resurface this at some point because it's such an interesting story. Uh, and I'm not going to do it justice here by telling you this, but it's like someone's trying to retell a joke. Um, yes, but, you know, I've it's, remembered. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, ultimately websites that were inaccessible, I think it was government-based websites initially that were inaccessible were being fined, but then it, corporate websites were being fined as well. And it meant that you could be fined, I can't remember the amount, but it was a lot of money. It had teeth to it. It did. And it yeah, hit them in the pocket. And strangely enough, strangely enough, when they brought in that rule, websites that were, in, you know, over years had just ignored accessibility. They'd had warnings about it. They'd ignored yeah. them. 
Can't Suddenly the fine came through and it yep. was miraculously fixed. <laughs> it was just fixed. Well, do you know what? Maybe we need to start fining these channels for lack of access. Maybe there needs to be a rule or a law on that or maybe the, the threat of their licence being taken away. I'm with you on this, Frank. Well done, Frank. You've started a movement. Um, yeah. Yes. Hashtag, we're with Frank. It's not. Uh, it's just, I'm sorry, it is not it's beyond it's not, not good enough. It's ridiculous. I'm okay. sick of it. No, look, I'll say this one thing. All right. There, there's a reason why there are certain websites in this world that exist. Steady now. That's all I'm saying. Okay, there's a yep. reason for that. And you, and those of you who know will yes. know. But and I there's a reason. agree with you. Yes. And frankly, I think fair play to them. I do. I think fair yep. play. Because if this is the level we're at where you can't be bothered to give us the content, you can't even be bothered to make sure an app is accessible. You can't take the five minutes to go through an app using voiceover or voice view and actually check if it's accessible to us as blind people. If you can't understand that when you hear one of 75, that means nothing to me <laughs> and I can't access that content. So therefore, you may as well not even have the content there. Well, you're not getting my money. And you shouldn't get anyone else's money either. There, I've said it. Oh, right. Oh, beautiful. Drives well me done. insane. Well done. And can I just <sighs> say, I, I, I just said the ITVX app was accessible on other platforms. I didn't even try the Amazon Fire TV stick there mm. using VoiceView. So, again, there's issues there. So, yeah, absolutely. Well done, Frank. Uh, okay, let's go to Gordon and uh, a question or a query, I think, on WhatsApp on the web. You've mentioned WhatsApp for PC before, and I agree it's a very useful app. It's certainly much better than the Mac version, which is horrible to use with voiceover. Mm-hmm. However, my JAWS recently announced that my WhatsApp for Windows was outdated. I discovered that one of the unlabeled buttons was a download for the new version. I managed to download it, but then needed help from Ira because the welcome and instructions page could not be read by JAWS. With help from the Ira agent, I got the new version set up and all was well. That lasted until the next time I opened WhatsApp using the icon pinned to my taskbar. The old version opened and I discovered that I now have two versions of WhatsApp on my PC. Uh, The new version is not an update. It is an entirely separate app. So if you download it, remember to delete any old desktop icons and replace them with ones which link to the new version. Cheers for now. Gordon from Livingston in Scotland. This is thanks, Gordon. I really appreciate hmm. that. The, the, this is the app that I think that's been in beta, hasn't it? Because it's, there's been a few versions of WhatsApp flying around for a while. Oh, it's so confusing, right? You got the web, um, mm. web app, and then you got the desktop app. I've run into this problem myself because with the latest version of NVDA, the NVDA, uh, sorry, the WhatsApp add-on I was using to enable keyboard shortcuts to jump to different areas stopped working. Now, it does warn you before you install, you know, this add-on is not going to work anymore. So, you'd, you know, I'd, I'd said, yes, that's fine, thinking, well, there'll be an update to it. Mm. And I couldn't find one. I, I haven't checked for a while, so maybe there is an update now. And it said, I had a search around and it said, oh, desktop WhatsApp add-on. I thought, well, that'll do. Installed it. And, of course, it didn't work with the one I was using. So I'm not entirely sure. I got my WhatsApp from the Microsoft Store. That's yeah. all I know, and it's there. But apparently, that's not the desktop version. I, I honestly, I, it's, it is confusing. I don't know where I got mine. I think I got mine from the what the uh, Microsoft, Microsoft store. store. Yeah, yeah, because I was quite surprised to find it in there. But you know, I quite like it being in there and living in that one space because I know that's the one place I've got to go, and you know, it will update and everything. So, yeah, I went there. And also, when you do start it up, I, I agree that is inaccessible. That initial sync your your whatsapp and start up is inaccessible but at the same time the, the only thing it read out for me again i'm using nvda was scan the qr code so i knew on the screen was a qr code and i opened up the app on my phone and did it that way so i did work it out but you are right i mean it is inaccessible that initial start start screen I think that the thing that people need to understand with this, and it's difficult because the, the language of this is is complicated. And of course, it depends where you get the app. I think the best bet is to go through the Microsoft Store. But then I don't know if there are other variants of this in there as well. Um, but you have the WhatsApp web, which is ultimately a shop window for your phone. That's really all it is. So you're able to access by connecting. This is why you know people keep having the issue with every time they go into the app, it asks them to scan the code again. Because essentially, every single time you open it, it's wanting to authenticate to the phone. It's just a front for the phone in that app because you, everything you're doing depends on the phone being next to it and on. Whereas with the desktop version, it's 
all-encompassing. Everything's in there. And once you've authenticated it, it treats it like a separate device. And that's the way to think about it. Separate device, but it's obviously the same account, same you know number, everything else. But you know it's kind of connected direct. So I think that's it's a different way to think about these apps. And that's I think the the, the, the sort of telltale sign of which one you're on is whether or not you can make audio and video calls. If you can't find an audio and video call button, you're on the web version. Which you know, oh really? I think okay. that seems to be the common factor because that's what I'm getting from people that you know you can't do audio calls, you can't do video calls, and certainly group calls on the on this web version, but you can do that. I think you can do group calls now on the I'm desktop version. I'm not sure version. about that. Yeah, I don't no, I'm know. Not, I'm not entirely sure either, but I, I know you can do, You can definitely do audio and video calls. Um, group calls, I'm say, not so sure. It's great. I love WhatsApp yeah, now too. on my... It, it makes it... That's what we use now. Yeah. Right? Because we, no matter where we, we use are. We all the time. All the time. I and the it. audio call quality is fantastic, by the way. The only a slight other issue I have is that if you do call me and a little window pops up and I can hear it ringing... In my, in my ears, um, but I can't access it. Unless WhatsApp is already open, it, it will not read that window. I can't alt-tab ah, to yeah, it. Yeah. But I know you don't have that issue on the Mac. I'm interested in... No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's, well, I, d- I don't have the issue on the PC because I just leave WhatsApp open. So I think right, that's maybe the, time. the yeah. thing for me on that. The the Mac version? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's not great. It really isn't. Really? Oh, I'm, okay. I'm quite disappointed, actually, because a new version came out and uh, it was more updated and I was kind of hopeful. It was a different, a bit of a redesign. And there are a lot of Mac fans who are like, oh, it's great. What are you talking about? But I, honestly, I, I don't know what they're talking about. I can't get it. I just can't figure it out. Um, I mean, it's, it, the problem is, again, with the Mac, it's that whole interaction model and the way you move around the screen. It's not obvious. Yes. Yeah. Some apps are really good. I mean, like Lire, for example, you can do the tab and shift tab to jump between, say, one column and, and the next into list view or whatever. And it's really simple to navigate around. You don't need to use quick nav or any of that stuff. You can just tab and shift tab like you would with JAWS. Um, you know, on, a, on an application, say, like, I mean, going back to the old days of, you know, Outlook Express, you would jump from, you know, inbox to, yes. you know, the, the, the... I miss Outlook Express. Yeah, I loved Outlook Express. One of my best apps. Yeah. Um, but you know, on the Mac, it's just a different layout, and you have to sort of interact and move through. It's just I'm not, well, it I'm not a fan. It should make perfect sense on WhatsApp, right? Because you got the chats, you know, the list of chats you're having. You got the message list inside that chat. Then you got the like, conversation tools where you type a message, make an audio call. Yeah. So the interaction model should actually makes more sense there. On Windows, you've got to tap through absolutely everything to get to wherever you want to get. But can I tell you something? I used to love using, and I am a huge fan of iMessage, right? And I think when I was using the computer more with the mouse, uh, or at least with the trackpad, even in those days with the Mac, I was loving iMessage because it was just great. I could just send messages from the MacBook. It was brilliant. I've kind of fallen out of love with that as well because I find that using VoiceOver with it is just really clunky. Yeah, I know people mm. say, oh, use the, the VOJJ and you know, all this VO jump and all that. And, and, and yeah, it kind of works and it does, but it only jumps you within certain areas. So it'll jump you, say, between the conversations list and the actual conversations themselves, the, you know, the inside the conversation, but it won't jump you to the text field to start actually typing a message. You know, it's, you like it's, it's always jumping between two things rather than three, you know, and it's just It's silly. always been that way, and it was just a case that it was so convenient that you could message whilst on the computer and not having to pick up your phone um, that we sort of put up with it. And the, yeah. the case is now that, you know, WhatsApp sort of takes that even further because it doesn't matter what OS you're on. You could be on <laughs> Windows, you could be on Mac, and you can still – it's fantastic. <laughs> of times I sit here and get annoyed at my Lenovo, and I'm like, why are you so accessible? And then I turn around to this <laughs> Mac and go, why are you not so accessible? Why? And, and, and why have I got four of you? <laughs> I, I know, exactly. And it's interesting because, Gordon, I know, uh, you know, you had bought, I think, a MacBook Air, if I remember rightly, and it was fairly recent, maybe a year or two ago. And I know a good friend of ours, Ian, who has been on the show before, he has just got, I know he's been having a lot of problems. So, you know, I think it's maybe time to do a bit of redress on this and actually talk to those guys and say, you know, where are you with this? Because I have to be honest, I'm kind of falling out of love a little bit. You know, I just, yeah. I think it's because, Good you know, again, an answer. it goes, <laughs> well, oh no, I think, I think, I think Gordon and Ian would be quite happy to tell me what they're thinking. Um, oh no, sorry. Which I is thought, what I'm thinking well, you're talking about, about Apple. <laughs> oh, I'm never expecting guys. From... What are you doing with this? Come on, then. <laughs> I, d- I just, I, I don't, I, and I don't even know where to start in terms of feeding back all this. I just don't, because it's so widespread and inconsistent that, it, and you know, different people have different experiences. And of course, I know that there's elements and there's ways to move around. But you know, I can't be plugging in a trackpad just to use a feature. You know, because it's like, oh well, you know, it's much yeah. better if you use the trackpad. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to just do that for that one thing. So yeah. 
On one hand, the Mac is very accessible. On the other hand, it's just very inconsistently inaccessible. Yeah. Um, Look, Windows has its problems. Of course it does as well. But it does seem that we're seeing more and more bugs maybe that aren't being addressed, at least publicly, by Apple in in certain versions of of macOS. Yeah. Okay, one more email uh, before we go. Uh, Here is uh, Laura once again. Hi, guys. This is Raffaella from Montreal. Thank you for the great shows. I've been listening for a while and enjoy the tech discussions as well as all the blind-related stories. Going back to Stephen's awesome blind astronaut story, it might not be so far-fetched. There's an organisation called Astro Access who is doing zero-gravity simulation flights with disabled people to research how they would do in space. They say that we could even have an advantage over non-disabled people. So, Stephen, you might soon make your story a reality. Yay! You should start preparing now. I first heard about it in the episode The Right Stuff of the podcast Radio Lab. Do listen to it. It is very interesting. Oh, and maybe great. you could get some of the crew on the show. I have an unrelated tech issue, which I'm hoping someone might know the solution to. I have my Gmail account set up both on my Mac and iPhone. When I send an email using the Mac Mail client, I can see the sent email on the sent mailbox both on Mac and iPhone. However, when I send an email using iPhone mail, it somehow doesn't show up in the sent mailbox in either Mac or iPhone. To check an email that I have sent using my iPhone, I have to go onto the Gmail website. Would either of you know why this might be? I have tried deleting and adding again my Gmail account on Apple Mail and it didn't help. I have the standard configuration, haven't changed any settings. Thank you again for the fun shows. Best, Raffaella. Oh, thank you, Raffaella. Thank you so much Best for that name email. in the world, by the way. So cool. Absolutely. Raffaella. Um, is this to do with the whole IMAP thing with email? Because I'm thinking it's Gmail, right? This isn't Apple Mail. So, you yes. know, when you're sending the message from the iPhone, it's actually storing the sent items on the Gmail server, not on the iPhone itself, or at least on the uh, on the account. So you wouldn't see it on the Mac. Is that right? I don't know. I honestly, I I don't know this one, and we're going to have to throw this out to our listeners. I think this is, and also, make... Rafael, is, is the email getting there? Is, is it getting yeah. to where it's going? Because if it's getting I... there, then that's okay, right? But I guess you're wanting some proof of that. If someone's saying I didn't get the email, you want to know <laughs> they actually sent. Well, yeah, exactly. And initially, I was thinking that maybe when you're sending the email, that there is a from field. If you've got multiple accounts, there is a from field where you can pick sort of what account you want to send it from. And I was thinking maybe it's sending from not your Gmail account, so it wouldn't show up. But if you're going to the Gmail website and you are seeing that one you sent from your iPhone in the sent folder, then no, that's not the case. So honestly, uh, yeah, I don't know, because your your IMAP sends should be absolutely fine uh, with Gmail anyway. There shouldn't be anything special you need to do. So yeah, no, you've stumped me on that one. I don't know why that would be happening. But blind people in space is a reality. Yeah, and Stephen Scott came up with that idea. I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, I, I came up with a stupid story because I was particularly mischievous one day, and and it became reality. It became reality. I I'm would a genius. Love that. I would no, you know, I would love to try that zero G thing. though. that what do they call it? The vomit comet. Oh, vomit no. comet. That would be amazing. I would love that. I would weigh myself when I was up in that thing. I might actually be happy. Do you know what they call buses in Scotland? Oh, I dread to think. (laughs) That's a great... Just when you said vomit comedy, it just made me think of it. Uh, They call buses in Scotland because, you know, I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world, but here, you know, I think some people have seen riding the buses a little bit of a, you know, it's not seen as the the best experience in the world. I personally have no issue with them, but, you know, other people might. Well, they have issues with you slapping you in the face. Yeah, exactly. I constantly get slapped in the face by my local bus. I don't find that particularly enjoyable. But anyway, um, but they call them here the loser cruiser. Oh, no. oh, that's a little bit brutal. Just, just that's a, a little bit harsh, harsh. isn't it? <laughs> but I do kind of laugh when I hear it. It's a very—I have to—I have to, you know, alert you to the fact that you know Scotland. Scotland has a, a bit of a thing with humour. You know, we try to have some, uh, and after you know the couple yes. of years we've had recently, I think we need it. But um, particularly severe humour. Oh yes, harsh. particularly <laughs> harsh humour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just thought I'd mentioned. Don't know why that just came to my mind, but it did. Uh, but yeah, so that, I, I'm going to look into this. This is very interesting. Astro access. That sounds like a brilliant topic for our show. I yeah. didn't even know such a thing would exist. I didn't think it would even. You kind of wonder what the the purpose of well, that. I suppose it's the very argument of, of why Stephen Scott. Well, yeah, I suppose why the argument we? is why couldn't we exactly? <laughs> why couldn't we go to space? Um, yeah, I just think. Will they have special parking? 
accessible yeah, toilets <laughs> on the on the Have you got a comment? radar key <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you need a radar key for that um wow yeah it's incredible i tell you if you worry about your wheelchair being broken when you get on a flight regularly right now imagine what it's going to look like when right. it comes out of one of those wow oh, dear anything's oh, well. possible anything is we <laughs> anything is possible that's right um listen uh, that is it for today thank you so much as always uh coming up on tomorrow's show i'm going to be talking to julio supercharge that is his uh stage name i guess you might call it he is a blind car reviewer from Nairobi in Kenya. And honestly... Anything is possible. Uh, he a was blind the, car reviewer. Exactly, that's it. Um, he, who's going to space? No, he's not. Um, <laughs> although I'm sure he'd love to. But yeah... Don't surprise me. I, I got the chance to interview him for Double Tap TV. We, were, we did a special episode all around this, and you, you may have seen his interview or, or part of his interview there, but we had a much longer conversation. And I thought it'd be really interesting to to play out some of the stories he tells, because honestly... You will, I think, be rather surprised at some of the things you hear. Even even those of us who are, are blind and have been blind a long time, I think we will also be gasping a few times yes. during this. It's a very interesting conversation. So I'm in conversation with Julio tomorrow. Or Julius is actually his real name, and uh, I'll be talking to him tomorrow on the show. So join me for that. And on Monday, we're going to talk about Mastodon. Everyone's talking about Mastodon. Some people are even telling us we should be on it or else. <laughs> I'm not oh. for that. But, you know, okay, um, I'm not in that camp. I just like choice. Uh, but, you know, I am interested in this because a lot of people do seem to be moving over to it. And uh, although, granted, although the stats do tell us more people seem to be leaving it than, than actually turning up on it. But I am wanting to know what all the fuss is about. I did have a go before. I wasn't overly impressed, but I'm willing to give it a go again. Instead of just talking about it, I'll, you know, I'll swallow my humble You're a pie. Hero, I am a hero. I know. And let me just say this: I've done my first toot. <gasps> Already? That, that's all I'm going to say. We'll save it. Yes, I am a tooter. Thank well, you. Well, we know that, but on Mastodon, <laughs> wow. Well, uh, yes. Monday's episode, the elephant in the room, is coming soon. Uh, that is it for today. Thank you so much as always. Keep your feedback coming. We love it. It means a lot to us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com, 1877-803-4567. Have a great weekend. I'm off to enjoy my food. I'm off to enjoy my food. Bye, Sean. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap. Did you know we're on the TV too? (laughs) Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Nom, nom, nom. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.